Hey there, my name is Vasu and welcome to my podcast, Watercolor Wash. So why this podcast? Uh, one of the reasons I started this podcast was actually I was looking for podcasts to listen and which are specifically about watercolor and uh, how to improve my work uh, through that and and get some inspiration and know like what other people are thinking what other people are talking about in watercolor world <clears throat> so i found i came across a lot of podcasts which are based on art and which is but there they don't address specifically uh, the watercolor issues and how to like use good material what are the techniques they are following i was interested in all that and i actually worked really really hard in my in in my art in last uh, two or three years and i have seen a very huge um, improvement in my work it's not uh, a small improvement i i actually um, developed my own style as of now and uh, my work is very close to realism i didn't strive for realism but somehow my style uh, or the way i paint is i can't help it it tends to be realistic and uh, i will talk about that as well so the, the single reason i started this this podcast is um to talk about watercolor how to evolve as an artist and how to share uh, this knowledge with other people and then and those people interact with me because a lot of us are having either we are having a day job or we are um like housemakers and we do this work um to find some peace and it's also escape uh from the world and we need something to listen to um, we need some people to relate and share some experience uh, that's about it <laughs> So in the very first episode I I discussed about uh like I had a lot of uh thoughts that day when I started that pilot episode and I never gave any more episodes after that but that day I was thinking like I will discuss about how the textures work how the values work and like how uh, the watercolor washes work and so all those will come in further episodes and that's 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 how that episode ended in this one i actually wanted to start with material and i will just specifically talk about material in this uh, podcast to in this episode for today and uh, my key target while talking about material is how to optimize your spending uh, you know how to find the perfect balance what you exactly need to buy i'll tell you five things to buy and all of them um, will I, i wouldn't call it cheap but it will be affordable for many standards like for many people standard i will try to give you a optimum uh, set of material uh, that can get your work done uh, whether you want to do it for practice or even if you wanted to sell the art with the highest quality of paper i'll still i'll still um, 
give you an optimum set of uh, materials by the end of this podcast. So let's jump in. So here are the things that are very important as material. Number one is paper. And number two is the watercolor itself. Number three is the brushes. And number four is either an easel or a table or something like something where you uh, want to a surface where you wanted to paint and the last ones are like uh, are like some accessories uh, for the watercolor for instance some medium which really doesn't make any sense to me but some uh, things like taping and some things like um, sizing your paper or uh, making it straight before you paint so all those stuff we'll cover in this podcast. So let's talk about the paper first. So the most important thing in a watercolor painting is the watercolor paper. And there are various brands. There are really, really good brands. And then there are uh, really cheap brands of watercolor paper. And once you change the paper, you will see your results getting improved immediately twofold. And um, you might be struggling right now with the paper, but it's worth an investment. And if you change your paper to a good watercolor paper, it makes all the difference. I tried with so many paper before that, and finally I came up with two paper that two brands of paper that works best for me and I will also talk about um, what kind of paper they are so so when I um, started watercolor painting I bought so I live in China right now uh, because of my job and in China there is a website called Taobao and <laughs> Taobao is like bigger than Amazon here and they make huge sales and the good thing about Taobao is it has a lot of uh, independent vendors who sell their material and there are a lot of companies who sell their items directly um, B2C uh, direct to the customer and so first thing the first brand I bought was Paul Rubens watercolor paper I actually <laughs> ended up becoming their brand ambassador for a week or so they send me some material as well but uh, frankly um, the watercolor paper that I use I thought it was it was great it was 300 GSM 50% cotton that's what all the specification uh, specifications um, said to me but that paper was not so great so if I I I was learning at that point of time and I bought it was quite rough when I asked for a rough paper it was quite rough so as you know there are three types of watercolor paper one is called rough or you can call it uh, cold press so it's basically not cold press but it's a it's just the rough paper it's not being pressed not hot pressed not cold pressed it's uh, it's just like you know the, the the first time the paper is built that is rough 
whether it's handmade or machine made it's uh, what it's called rough watercolor paper and the second one is your cold press paper uh, it's also called knot I don't know why it's called knot uh, many of you might know uh, but uh, that's the paper I use for m almost everything so the co uh, the cold press paper so it, it is a little bit uh, it has a little bit of grains uh, it's not entirely rough but it's not entirely smooth as well and I like uh, that texture so this Paul Rubens paper was quite cheap quite affordable and I gave it a try and my results were not that great with that paper so I changed to another brand which was like a little bit expensive and that's actually a very good brand a very popular brand in China and across the globe in many locations that is called Bao Hong paper Bao Hong and they have two uh, qualities in that one of them is called Bao Hong Academy and the, another one is uh, just Bao Hong paper so I bought uh, Bao Hong paper at first not the Academy version and it was it changed my results immediately unfortunately what I felt about that paper so there's something called sizing s-i-z-i-n-g sizing in that paper which is basically a coating that that absorbs that helps the paper to absorb water and in this paper I found some issues when I was uh, trying to do a big wash like a a huge wet on wet wash for a sky and I found found out like in uh, in few spots it didn't absorb water and it started looking like you know a coin shape uh, surface which was uh, hydrophobic and <laughs> the water didn't actually uh, landed on it it looked like I kept a coin or some masking tape in that location and the sky was not perfect so the sizing issue at it actually turned me off and I stopped using uh, Bao Hong I'll come to the favorite uh, paper so I started uh, you know at that point I I had already bought a few sheets of arches here in China and I bought another paper called Waterford it's uh, Saunders Waterford and I don't exactly um, I, I don't know if I can pronounce that name Sanchitsburg um, papers mill that's I think it's a British brand and these two paper I had like few sheets and I started painting on them and I didn't have a very good idea about like which side is because it was so close which side which side is uh, is the actual painting side especially on the um, Waterford paper but once I figured out it took me a while and then I figured out it's the best paper it's even better than Arches and now I'll tell you how to buy the paper in bulk or how to buy uh, how to make it affordable for you so once you uh, I think uh, I suggest you try these paper like all four of them buy like the smallest quantity that you can buy one thing I wanted to tell you that 
even the best of the papers that you you're going to buy it takes a while for you to figure it out whether it is good for you or not so and don't make a judgment in one painting do a couple of paintings maybe three or four and then you will figure out your own relationship with that paper because every artist is a little bit different and it some may find Baohong really good and um, and it may work for them so so just take your time and decide on which paper you want to buy but my final uh, cut was the Saunders Waterford and the Arches. Arches is is very well known and it is uh, the big problem is that these are very expensive paper but I would tell you how to make it cheap I, I wouldn't call it cheap I would call it for a long-term value um, so the best way to buy this paper is so the rolls um, I would say so there is a 10 meter long roll uh, 10 meter by like one meter uh, long roll that comes in um, in arches which is significantly I would say like uh, it, it costs around 60% if you buy the same amount of paper in sheets so I would avoid buying the blocks uh, like um, like a watercolor sketchbook I would buy the, a single sheet so that um, you can uh, you can work on it but if you buy the single sheets even if you buy the largest ones um, it will be more and more expensive so if you're if you are very sure that you're going to use arches I would suggest you to buy a roll it would be like you know you'll find at least 35 percent uh, less cost and that paper will uh, will run for you for whole year I remember I bought it uh, a year and a half ago and I still have like you know uh, few few giant sheets remaining with me when I cut that whole roll and of course I also bought uh, Saunders Waterford big sheets so I'm painting on these two paper and I just bought it one and a half years ago and I think it will last me for another six months so my paper is sorted out for for a couple of years so same thing you can do it with Saunders Waterford they also have rolls but uh, since I live in China I figured out that um, there is a A2 size of Saunders Waterford paper that can be sold um, I think it's sold everywhere uh, the same A2 size is like you know um, it's like 8 times A4 size A4 A3 A3 is just twice of A4 and then there is um, A2 which is sorry I bought A1 size which is eight times bigger than A4 so you go A4 A3 A2 A1 so I got uh, the A1 size watercolor paper uh, and I, I bought 20 sheets of it so I ended up um, it's um, it's still running with me and I used it for one year so 10 sheets uh, it's like um, if you're painting on A4 I usually paint in A3 size and two sheets a week that I'm using right now so 
all that money how much it cost me was i would say 300 dollars and it's like two years worth of paper in china and it's specifically cheap in china because it's being made here everything is made here so there is no import but in countries like india where i live i know that art is very expensive art material is very expensive so i would say around like you know uh, around four hundred dollars uh, would cost you the paper for a whole two years and that would be like two hundred dollars a year i think it's not that expensive when you see that you buy um, in small pieces for the whole year you've already spent more than two hundred dollars and the quality is not great so i would say like if you want to make your art affordable first be sure which paper you want to buy and then buy a lot of it buy the biggest uh, roll that you can get and buy or better is if you can buy the biggest sheet in multiple quantities that would be great so now i have i'm not going to buy roll but i'm going to buy uh, those giant a1 size sheets um, of saunders waterford but it's not available in, in many countries so if it's not available feel free to buy a roll now the challenge um, for buying a roll is cutting it and believe me it's not fun it takes couple of hours once um, even if you want to cut like one fourth of that roll and that's how i do it i cut one fourth of the roll um, every three to four months so it, it, it will last you for nearly a year and the way you have to cut cut it now i saw a video from youtube how to cut that paper and that was very helpful because uh, you can't just cut it uh, like that so the way you cut it is you have to wet the paper first because it's in roll so um, it's already um, circled a lot it has been coiled so it's al always bent so you put a weight on the on the end of this paper and then you roll it out and mark um, your measurements and uh, and put something so that the paper don't roll back and then wet the paper with a sprayer i would i did it with a gardening um, spray that that uh, i have for my flowers and uh, it worked really well after 10 15 minutes i just uh, bent the paper and really marked the crease really really heavy and with the sharp cutter i just ran it once um, straight and i think you will um, cutting is not fun but you will get better at it after the first time so don't worry about it and like the paper that that is not cut well you can use it for like practice or something but you would really like to uh, really want to have uh, i would say like you know um, do watch a video like there are multiple videos i i saw a video from a russian woman and she's an artist and i was just specifically looking for uh, how to cut the arches roll and uh, she did it really really well and I got like 80% accurate 
and still did the job for me. So that's that's about it. So the conclusion is paper is 80% of your work. You know, let's say that your skill is 100, 100%. Like, you know, you're, you're a very skilled artist. But if your paper is bad, uh, you, you can't get that result. So the best, like, you know, the watercolor and brush, of course, they're important. But, you know, 80% is paper. I would say like 15% is uh, your watercolor and 5% would be your brush. So uh, we'll talk about how to spend on them. So another thing that I, I missed out on the paper, I also used Canson. And I think Canson and Arches are related somehow. And but the cansons, the quality, there are two types of papers. Uh, the material of the paper is either it's a cellulose or um, cellulose, cellulose fiber or it is cotton. So I would suggest when I'm talking about all this paper, I'm always talking about 100% cotton and nothing else. So the canson did disappoint me. I have four or five blocks of. Uh, watercolor pads each from Baohong like I have four from Baohong and then I have uh, one from Canson and one from Water Waterford and I, d I use them when you know I'm, when I'm outside or I'm traveling so I take like one of those blocks and I try them but uh, I don't buy a block and I didn't talk about other types of paper in the previous part like i only talked about uh, the hot press uh, the cold press paper i also have hot press paper because i know a lot of you use it for some realistic uh, painting and when you want to have vibrant colors and so the hot press paper really works so how it works is so the thicker the paper uh, sorry the rougher the paper you'll get more texture on it but at the same time, when you don't need texture, you just need like a plain flat wash, a very clean wash. And that time you need, I wouldn't call it a wash, but um, like a very, um, a very consistent, um, a very consistent line or a very consistent uh, thread that you need. Uh, that, that time the hot press paper is, especially for the still lifes, uh, the gorgeous looking still lifes hot press paper it's very hard for me to paint on them but believe me whenever I paint I get the best results uh, from the hot press paper I just don't like them they give they gave me the best results of my life but I I really don't enjoy painting on hot press paper so all the paper are of almost same price so if you pick up a brand like Arch of which is Arches and or Waterford, all these brands will sell um, same quantity of paper, whether it is rough, cold press or hot press, the price will be same if you're buying. So it's your choice. I would suggest, you know, buy uh, cold press in huge quantity and buy, you know, 
some hot press paper depending on your choice what you usually use what you mostly use uh, you can buy that any other brand that I I would have covered I have, I have missed um, I have not used them I know that Winsor uh, & Newton makes really good paper but they are quite expensive I would try them I'll buy it um, but the reason I'm not buying anything right now is I have too much of paper right now with me I, I wish shipping was easy I could have easily done some giveaways yeah <music> Let's talk about the watercolor and by watercolor here I will always refer to the tubes and maybe some cakes of watercolor, um, some blocks of watercolor, uh, but mostly I will talk about the, the cube. And what, only one thing that you need to take care when you are buying a paint, it should not be muddy. So the pigments should not be muddy, otherwise your the whole painting would start looking dirty so it doesn't matter how skilled you are if your paint is muddy your painting is going to look horrible and to avoid that just pick one brand that is good and that is cheap so for this you don't need to go for highest quality like you don't have to go for Daniel Smith or Van Gogh you can just stick with Winsor & Newton there is no other brand that's the first brand I bought and I also bought like you know when I was promoting a brand called Paul Rubens which is basically a very Chinese brand and they contacted me as well I bought and I contacted them that do they have this and they said hey uh, could you promote us a little bit and then we will uh, publish your work and I got tubes from them and some of them were really good but most of them were having you know this muddy quality which I didn't like and I stopped I completely stopped using that product so for watercolor you don't have to go for the highest um, the highest brand you just have to, in case of paper you have to get the best paper but in case of paint you have to get the like, you know which just is not muddy and which is cheap enough that you can buy but it's not muddy so that's uh, which uh, they actually I don't know what they do do they may mix actual mud or soil you know to to increase the quantity and uh, but Winsor & Newton uh, is one of the best watercolors that I used which is very affordable here uh, you won't believe how much it costs in China so if I buy a tube it costs me like three or four RMB for 10 milliliters 3 or 4 RMB is uh, like it's like 35 rupees in India 36 rupees in India if for 3 RMB and it's like half a dollar um, in US so the way I buy it is like you know there are this primary color that I use very very in all my paintings you'll find uh, blue is always there ultramarine blue and then burnt sienna burnt umber and then there are a few reds and yellow so I buy them like pack of fives so I get this in 15 RMB which is like 2.5 dollars um, and they give me five tubes of same color in one box so I get you know, I buy in 
Uh, that too I bought like a year ago. <clears throat> and good thing about tube is it uh, it doesn't if it's a good quality tube, which is Vin which Vincent Newton is, um, it doesn't get bad. It doesn't go bad even if you keep it for years. So it's okay to buy them in bulk as well if you're finding somewhere cheap. But I would suggest you know uh, don't go for like that set of eighteen. You only buy it once in the beginning because you know you need some colors like you need violet or you need uh, like you know some various uh, kinds of green but also the, the limitation of buying you know like a set of 12 or set of 18 even set of 24 you don't find the right colors you know like there are colors like tiara worth which is the actual color of tree like the leaves which we don't find in the set of 10s set of 20 uh, 12s and 24s I buy it separately you know there, there's there are gorgeous colors which are not part of that set so you can I would suggest to buy them you know like a pack of five if they're selling it or here you can actually buy a single tube with the same price and this uh, they make a box for me and um, and they send it suppose I want to buy a three ultramarine blue and two um, burn sienna they would pack it in one box and send it to me so i buy like you know the primary colors i buy like um three times and secondary colors i buy like twice two times two tubes of these three tubes of primary color and like one tubes of like you know tertiary colors which are like like very specifically used for instance, uh, like emerald is a color, and for instance, olive green. Olive green is actually you. I buy, I do buy it a lot. So I'll tell you which colors are the best. Um, there are very few that you need to buy. Like you know, there are like seven or eight colors that you need to have multiple tubes. One is ultramarine blue. Another one is cobalt blue. So these two, you you should buy like five tubes for one year is great. And then burnt sienna, burnt umber, these are two tubes. And then, then I would suggest yellow ochre or medium yellow. And then there is yellow, yellow lime. So you can buy like, you know, combination of these three yellows. And then for red, there is brilliant red. But somehow brilliant red of ultramarine, uh, of Winsor Newton tends towards, uh, you know, pink. It has a little bit of pinkish red. It's not really red so i buy crimson from vincent neuter to get red and i mix it with a little bit of yellow uh, yellow ochre to get the actual red the uh, the darkest red the brightest red um, so vincent newton has so many shades but they didn't nail the the red i would say also um, i found only one pigment in Vincent and Newton that is muddy it's I don't know it is because of that composition or it gets muddy inside the tube when all this um, solvent reacts to it uh, but burnt umber if you if you use it as a single color or with blue it works fine but if you use this burnt umber with green or some other pigment turns to be you know the granules or the pigments doesn't dissolve and it looks muddy uh, to me 
So that's the only color I use carefully. Other than that, Winsor & Newton is the best and most affordable color. Oh, by the way, I started, you know, um, I did some oil painting and I was able to do that under $15, like the whole oil color, uh, you know, startup. And that too was Winsor & Newton. So, and also for the acrylics, they are the best. So if you're buying paint, I would like, you know, close my eyes, buy Winsor & Newton because they are affordable, I would say, rather than buying Daniel Smith or or higher, um, higher brand. If you already have, great. But f this is, this uh, episode I'm only talking about, you know, um, like a whole year of stuff, a uh, whole year worth of stuff that you can spend on. Uh, so I would I would buy Winston and Newton. Uh, there is no doubt in that. So that concludes like what paint to buy. If you have any other favorite brand that you think that is cheap, you can just suggest it to me as well. But I am um, not going to buy. And these are not even professional uh, artist grade paint that I use. These are like, you know, um, a study version that's, I have made and sold paintings with that. So no problem at all. So paint, while buying paint, only one thing you need to care. It should not be muddy. Then any paint would work. All right, let's talk about the brush. So brush is tricky and easy both so once you figure out which brush you are going to use and then it makes uh, everything easy so my experience suggested me i used to use you know a calligraphy brush which is chinese calligraphy brush so if you are into portraits you might see um, you might see that uh, there are two artists, Misul Bu and Jae Hun Sung from South, uh, yeah, from South Korea, and they are very good at portraits. They have like you know, um, like millions of views on YouTube on their portraits, and they're really great. And one thing you notice that the brush they use is a Chinese calligraphy brush, which is used for writing Chinese characters. So it's nothing but it's a round brush with a point and longer bristles. So these, these brushes are really good. So you can buy like, you know, one or two of them. Then there are this mop brush, which has the same idea, but mop brushes hold a little bit more water. And frankly, controlling watercolor is very easy. Once you know how to control the water. Um, if you have controlled the amount of water in your brush, you know how much it, there is in. Um, you will nail every painting so that's uh, the brush you are buying make sure that uh, what is the purpose of that brush so have both of it and you just i paint most of my paintings with just three brush that's like you know it's like one number 14 another number eight so i use big brushes um, even if i'm point like you know uh, like just drawing a line from that brush the point is good enough in number eight that it can give me a 
like 0.5 millimeter thick line and uh, or maybe one one or two millimeter thick line and you can obviously use smaller brush but I don't use them as it takes a lot of time but when I go super realistic I, I do use smaller brush there's no shame in using that I just don't have enough time so that's that's why I use um, like a little bit bigger brush then there are some flat brush that I use um, especially when I have to cover a huge amount of area or I have to do like um, a wet on wet wash so I wet the uh, wet the paper with the with a flat brush and I use the same brush to mix the color and just immediately put on it so that's especially on the skies or um, like you're painting a river and a sky both ways um, flat, flat brush and um, just find a good brand and buy only six brushes uh, or if you figured out which brush you, you works best for you buy like three of them and keep it and it will work for you for 10 years I have seen artists who have kept brush if you take good care of your brush it will last forever I've seen artists uh, who have like brushes as old as 20 years 25 years old and they're working just fine actually I was gifted uh, one of them gifted me a brush as a uh, like as a, as a token of love and honor and I, I'm really grateful that that brush is 20 years old uh, in his hand and works great for me so you need to figure out which brush is suited to your style and just buy it. it I would suggest buy it squirrel hair and not synthetic because um, watercolor like you know with um, synthetic brush leaves um, uh, you know some marks somewhere if you're using less water and most of my paintings are you know very controlled uh, very very controlled washes so I, I like to keep them consistent so I use squirrel hair and it's it's a good investment to buy like you know nine or ten brush and then forget about it so this is remember like all the things we talked about paper paint now brush these are all long-term once you once you have figured out buy all these things just at once so how much was that so, so yeah so the paint I bought was like you know in $50 I was able to buy two years worth of paint like just the tubes and that that was Winsor and Newton so let's I'm just using the counter here so I would say like $200 for the paper in a year $50 of uh, $50 worth of paint and $50 worth of brush that's like $300 that's all you need all right in the next part we will talk about like where do you paint what do you need uh, like what is the surface that you paint on so let me um, talk about the surface that we paint on so usually I use a board um, and I sit on a chair and the board sits on the table or like any surface and it is an inclined board and 
it is you know it's one of those small board that have an adjustment i bought it really really cheap and it's working for me for last three years and that is a3 size board so what i do on that when i have to paint a2 size or even bigger a1 size what i do i i have like smaller single sheet boards and i put it on that a3 size board on top of it and it handles it very easily so you can buy like one inclined board a3 size it will work great for a4 and a3 and even if you wanted to paint like a4 then buy a cheap small like you know cheap thin board for um for the a2 size and put it on the top of that a3 uh, inclined board and it will still work for you um, i would suggest you know it's like um, especially for maintaining why people paint on vertical boards when they are when they are painting in um, especially in oil or that's because they wanted to see the perspective and like you know it should be vertical then your eyes don't you you're always centered and you're always looking at the painting and you can easily go back and see how it looks like so um, you will know it if you paint it from the life that the how the perspective changes even if you incline it a little bit and that's um, also water uh, it allows the water to flow down downwards and give you a consistent when you're doing a wet or wet on wet wash it gives you a consistent flow and it settles really nice so having an inclined surface really helps and i do have a skillshare class by the way and all the videos that i do um, that is being done on a flat surface it's the same inclined board but um, i put it on the flat because the camera couldn't you know capture uh, the right perspective uh, on the board so i had to make it flat it, it it gets inconvenient for me but it still works so either you can buy that or recently I have bought a very amazing uh, set of um, table like you know it's uh, one of those lap tables which is used for the breakfast um, in bed but there's a lighter version of it which can get inclined and which is supposed to be for your laptops and that is you know nearly a3 size it's actually a3 size in china it's very easy to find this kind of stuff so i bought that one and i'm painting on that i just make it inclined and it works so that's uh, so buy an inclined surface not a huge investment is needed and that would cost you around 10 dollars at max 10 to 15 at most 20 yeah so that's like where is our counter so we were $300 paper, paint, and brush. This would be extra 20. So we are 320, yeah. Oh, so the last one is like the accessories um, for the watercolor. You don't need to buy much. Like accessories would be like, you know, the clip to hold the paper on the board or uh, the t the masking tape uh, to put masking tape, uh, tape gives a really nice boundary uh, but I hate them now I use them a lot uh, if you're buying a, um, a masking tape um, 
make sure you buy like you know a very thick uh, sorry a wide a wider masking tape so if you're working on a like a bigger size painting I no longer use masking tape because I straighten my paper I stretch my paper by wetting it so right before you should buy a sponge rather buy a sponge uh, and put that sponge in the water and soak it a little bit and then uh, that with that sponge wet your paper both sides on the surface and it becomes uh, very stretched and you don't need to put masking tape on it if your paper quality is great like you know on Bauhang's and on Paul Rubens you might have to need that tape but with Arches and Waterford it's really not needed it's really not needed you just need to wet the paper when you are going to use some water that's that's all you need and the last thing would be um, like you know in the accessory um, I use a blade to create some texture and it's a razor blade and there are like um, scratching knives and some some other materials that you can think of you can buy those but I would I you know I've just bought a box of clips uh, those uh, clipboard clips uh, like 50 millimeters which are like you know huge size and used in architectural drawings that's hold my paper not only the reason is like if I'm using a fan or air conditioner is on it doesn't fly away that's all I bought and I use like a topaz razor blade that's that's what that's what I use for scratching the paper make sure your paper is good and your your paper is wet when you're scratching it and you don't hurt it so that's that's all necessary you need and this would cost you around again like 10 to 20 dollars and if you're buying a masking tape you can't deal without it so I would suggest buy a uh, wider masking tape I do have a tape which doesn't it doesn't look like paper but it's it's a wide masking tape and it's it's really really great and strong oh yeah one last tip that I wanted to uh, to give you when you're using masking tape so if your paper is uh, cold press or it's a rough paper masking tapes will come off very easy you know don't put much pressure but if you have a hot pressed paper you know hot pressed paper does not have pores or any rough surface on it and it's a very flat surface and when you put masking tape on it 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 sticks really <laughs> oh oh god i have destroyed a few paintings with that so make sure you when you're using um a cold pressed paper it's fine it will come off make sure when you're using um, a hot press paper you use it carefully I would suggest you know when you're peeling it off like uh, iron that paper and you know make it a hot so that adhesive gets weakened and then you peel off the peel off the tape otherwise it will get destroyed good luck with that yeah thanks uh, so this is like you know um, $350 would be my count for a year worth of 
um, year worth of supplies and that's that could vary where you live but you know it would be like plus minus hundred dollars all this for me in China has been nearly two hundred dollars so the the price that I gave you right now two hundred or two hundred fifty dollars would be in US or if you're in like you know like unfortunate countries <laughs> I can't help with that I'm really sorry I feel really sorry about it yeah sorry 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 uh, I completely forgot to tell you about myself um, so you already know my name my name is Vasu I'm actually from India but I'm currently living in China because of my job I have a job here and I do conduct uh, some workshops here um, for foreigners in English and they come once in like three months and it's an offline workshop we go in a place and we paint whole day and they just learn watercolor from me and that happens eventually I have been called here for like a few more workshops for Chinese people and there was a translator involved in that so I do that kind of thing too and I do have uh, a Skillshare uh, class as well if you would like to check the link is in the description I'm mostly known for my realistic watercolors mostly doors and windows I paint I am uh, good at portraits as well so I paint portraits now, when there is a commission or something excites me, I paint portraits as well. But I am I, I'm open to everything. Whenever I see a gorgeous landscape, I do paint landscape that day. And for the realism, um, definitely still life is the first option. And when I'm like rusty, when I'm not painting for like a month or a couple of weeks, I start painting birds and that gets me going or I start painting you know a, a easy landscape to come back to the to the art I just wanted to you know cover each and every aspect of material that I use and give you a, a good solution and give you an estimate how much it costs to not worry about later on and get your final best um, optimum set of materials so that <clears throat> you have material every day um, throughout the year and you just worry about painting you don't worry about material anymore and it's a huge relief once you figure out your material it's a huge relief you just get to see that's that's one of the best things about watercolor you know it's like you can just it's a very immediate medium with oil you need to prepare the paint you know you need to stretch the canvas you need to prime the canvas and then your paint will you know dry if you're not doing it on the same day so watercolor is very immediate and I don't like any interruptions so uh, you know while while I our instinct for painting is very limited uh, you know it's like just tw within 20 minutes you have to do something uh, like you know you have to go sit grab a paper and fill some water and paint so watercolor uh, in that sense for I, I know who does watercolor 
is people like us who have very little time from their work after the family and everything else you get some me time and you wanted to you want you're passionate about it and you want to do something immediately it's a very immediate medium and once you figure out your material it helps you a lot you know um, to jump back and and <clears throat> just let yourself go so i hope this helped uh, you guys and uh, in the next few episode i would uh, I, i will slowly go through my process and i will um i will share how i improved it this it's not about you know this podcast is not really about how i do art i'll obviously i will share what i do but you know this podcast is more about how i evolved as an artist or like um what made my painting better every day and it it um took me a point it took me to a point where i i got recognized and uh like people know me uh, somehow and there's a book coming out um i'm i'm working on it just making sure it's not another book on watercolor just not another book on watercolor i i thoroughly work on it and and it comes out i talk about my experience how can how we can improve every day even if we are not painting every day how to um, there is going to be one episode about google arts how i actually reverse engineer uh, like other um, like old masters work and how i get in um, how you can get easily uh, you know inspired by them and how to actually reverse engineer that and try to adapt in your work and see that effect and how it works there will be an episode on like google maps how i uh, get great uh, references from actually google street view and how how i choose my references and what excites me to get, to paint and yeah all those things so so i would suggest you you know like save it uh, or just like you know follow it and like if you want to come back to the this podcast do contribute with your comments like you know i'll try i'll try and go through it if you have any questions yeah, i would like to uh, love to answer that and um, yeah stay in touch thank you so much